Chapter Five of Craddock Knoll: A Tale of the New Forest, Volume One, by Richard Doddridge Blackmore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Chapter Five. When Craddock and Clayton were ten years old, they witnessed a scene which puzzled them, and dwelt long in their boyish memories. Job Hogstaff was going to Ringwood and they followed him down the passage towards the entrance hall emphatically repeating the commission with which they had charged him old job loved them as if they were his grandsons and would do his utmost to please them but they could not trust his memory or even his capacity now job cried little cradock pulling at his coat lappet it's no good pretending that you know all when you won't even stop to listen i'm sure you'll go and make some great mistake as you did last tuesday mind you tell mr stride it's for master cradock nowell and they must be sure to give you a good one or i shall send it back now just tell me what i have told you i ought to have written it down but i wasn't sure how to spell groove why master crad i'm going to say a long spill very sharp at the end sharp at the point job not blunt at the end like a new black lead pencil and whatever you do job don't forget the catgut for my crossbow one size larger than last time hold your jaw viley till i've quite finished or he'll ask for a top made of catgut both the boys laughed at this you could hear them all down the long passage any small folly makes a boy laugh well master crad you must think me a muff as you call it and the groove is to go quite up to the spill there must be two rings below the crown of it below the crown indeed on the fat part i said three times now viley you know you heard me well well cried job in despair two rings on the fat part and no not at all in the wood and at least six inches round and and well i think that's all of it thank the lord all of it indeed well you are a nice fellow didn't i tell you so viley why you've left out altogether the most important point of all job the wood must be a clear bright yellow or else a very rich gold colour and i'm to pay for it next tuesday because i spent my week's money yesterday as soon as ever i got it and oh viley can't you lend a fellow sixpence no not to save my life sir why craddy you know i wouldn't let you go tick if i could the boys rushed at one another half in fun and half in affection and seizing each other by the belt of the light plaid tunic away they went dancing down the hall while hogstaff whistled a polka gently with his old eyes glistening after them a prettier pair or better matched never set young locks afloating each put his healthy clear bright face on the shoulder of the other each flung out his short socked legs and pointed his dainty feet you could see their shapely calves jerked up as they went with double action and the hollow of their back curved in as they threw asunder recklessly then clasped one another again as you thought they must both reel over sir cradock knoll hated trousers and would not have their hair cropped because it was like their mother's otherwise they would not have looked one quarter so picturesque 
before the match was fairly finished for they were used to this sort of thing and the object was to see which would give in first it was cut short most unexpectedly while they were taking a sharp pirouette down at the end of the hall and as they whirled round i defy their father to have known the one from the other the door of the steward's room opened suddenly and a tall dark woman came out the twins in full merriment dashed up against her and must have fallen if she had not collared them with strong and bony arms like little gentlemen as they were every atom of them they turned in a moment to apologize and their cheeks were burning red they saw a gaunt old woman wide-shouldered stern and forcible Ooh, ah, a bonny pair you've got as i've seen in all my life long but ye'll get no luck o them take the word o threescore year ye'll never get the luck o them you that called yourself craydock knoll she was speaking to sir craddock who had followed her from the steward's room and who seemed as much put out as a proud man of fifty ever cares to show himself he made no answer and the two poor children fell back against a side bench i'll no talk o matters no you've agin me a refusal and i take it once for all but you'll be sorry for the day you did it credit noel to the great amazement of hogstaff who was more taken aback than any one else sir craddock noel without a word walked to the wide front door with ceremony as if he were leading a peeress out he did not offer his arm to the woman but neither did he shrink from her she gathered her dark face up again from its softening glance at the children and without another word or look but sweeping her skirt around her away she walked down the broad front road as stiff and as stern as the oak trees End of chapter five